Well, welcome back to I'm Glad I Heard That podcast. We are glad you're here. And I'm here with Emily. Hello. And she is um, somebody that makes me laugh every day. I come to work. I try. <laughs> you do. You absolutely do. So we're glad you're here. And we hope you'll enjoy talking to us today. Today we're going to talk a little bit about infant loss and infertility yes. as October is Infant Loss and um, Infertility Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And so we're glad Emily's here to tell us a little bit about her story and we're so glad she's willing to, to be vulnerable and share with us and also help yeah. us to know how to support our friends mm -hmm. and our um, family members that are going through this. So. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And she also leads a book club. So if this is something that you yes. yourself are going through... We would love for you um, to join yes, her. And we're absolutely. going to talk a little bit about that at the end. Yes. So, Emily, tell me a little bit about your story. About my story. Well, I met my awesome husband, Steve, when we were in high school. I was 14 and he was 15. And we've been together ever since, which has been really cool because before, when we got married, we had been together for nine years already at that point. So this November is our eighth anniversary. So we've actually been together for 17 years, which is really cool. And we've had a lot of life together. Um, but we were never the couple who, who always said we were going to have kids. You know, it was kind of a maybe. It's... I'm not a huge fan of large crowds of children. Like when Vacation Bible School is going on around here, I am nowhere to be seen. Like I'm very busy doing other things that week. It's just not, you know, my thing. But a few years into our marriage, we were having that conversation of, do we want to have kids? Do we want to pursue that? At the time, we were spending a lot of time with his niece and nephew and doing just all those fun things that you do with kids, like going to see Santa and going to see the Easter Bunny and taking them to church. And it was really fun to be in that role of teaching kids about Jesus and feeling like we you know, had kids and were a family. Yeah. Um, so we decided we, we were going to see what happens, you know, ditch the birth control and just, just kind of see what happens. And I got pregnant right away. And so when you're the person who feels like you were really torn about where you wanted your life to go and then something happens, you think, well, <laughs> that's God's will. And I even said that, I said, and I, like I looked at him and I said, I'm so excited. This is obviously the direction we were meant to go in. God clearly wanted us to do this. It happened right away. You know, I mean, yeah, there was so much joy. Easy as we translate easy as God's way. And it, and it just felt so seamless. You right. know, that was, that was what was weird about it. So... Fast forward a few weeks, I found out that that pregnancy was not viable, mm -hmm. um, that that was an ectopic pregnancy, which, which I had not even heard of an ectopic pregnancy, which is really a, a tubal pregnancy, which cannot, cannot be viable, unfortunately. Um, so the week we found out, we were actually supposed to be going out of town um, to a conference for my husband's work. And the doctor said, we really don't want you far in case anything happens. And of course, you kind of read into, you know, Dr. Google is just great for really panicking yourself. But I could have had a tube explode or I could have had just all kinds of not good things happen. So the pregnancy ended up releasing itself. I didn't, I didn't want to be in doctor's care at that point. I just kind of wanted to let my body let go of that naturally, which is what happened. So yeah. I ended up having just all kinds of wacky things happening with my body. I saw different doctors. I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. 
endometriosis. Yeah. Polycystic ovarian syndrome is a really weird thing, but it's also very common. And of course, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. um, I had endometriosis, which that's another Has really a wacky lot of pain thing. And, yes. yes. Um, and then a, a genetic mutation and hormonal issues. So I started seeing doctors, and it was like every doctor I went to, you know, was some new weird diagnosis I had never heard of. So. I ended up getting pregnant again towards the end of that year. Mm -hmm. It was a hard time because my grandmother had passed away earlier in the year. My husband's grandmother was really sick, but the pregnancy was progressing and it was at the point where on Christmas Eve, we got to tell his family that we were expecting, which, <laughs> which just felt really cool. It was a great moment. You know, his grandma at that point was dying of leukemia and it, it just, it was a great moment to be able to announce that to your family. Well. A few weeks into January, we found out on a Friday that I had lost the pregnancy, that I got told those words, you know, there's no heartbeat, which are just horrible words. I hate those words. Um, and that afternoon, we found out that his grandmother had just like days to live. So it was a lot happening at once. And so at the time, I didn't want to tell a dying woman, oh, by the way, you know that great grandchild you were really excited about? It's not going to happen. I have to miscarry. And so we just decided not to tell her. So we just spent a couple weeks with her just kind of putting on a charade because mm -hmm. I just couldn't tell her, you know, we lost that pregnancy. So going even forward, I had three more pregnancies. Two were really early. They call them chemical pregnancies. Again, another term I had never heard of, which is just a very, very early miscarriage. And then I had one that I was a little bit further along. It's in so the much first time, it was so much loss, and this was a couple years. And in the meantime, it's like we lost two grandmothers. I lost a great aunt after my grandmother passed away. My dad's family became really estranged, and so it was. I mean, it was a storm where just every day something was going on that was really hard. It, and you, you know. mentioned that at the funeral that you had to tell everyone yeah, because yes. you had. Not yes, told at, them. at my husband's grandmother's funeral, she had told so many people. I mean, she was ecstatic that we were expecting. Like she had even had um, some kind of present she had given my husband when he was a baby, saving it for us and gave it to us, kind of saying, you know, I know I'm not gonna be here at the next Christmas, right. but this is gonna be for you. So there's like a lot of salt just being added in the wounds, but we had people at the funeral going, oh, I heard you're expecting, congratulations. Mm -hmm. You know, and at his funeral, like my husband's grandmother was the only in-law I had on my husband's side who liked me. And so to lose her was, was just not fun. Um, but then to also be explaining at her funeral, like, oh yeah, that, that yeah. didn't work out, you know, we lost the baby. And then people have no idea what they say to you. And so they, they kind of ramble the and they say stupid thing things. Sometimes. You know, yeah. so like it, it just was awful. And mm -hmm. so as, as we continued to talk to doctors, um, it, it just became very obvious that this was not gonna be something my body was gonna be capable of doing. And that, that was a dream that we just had to say, okay, God, we don't understand this. We don't know why you would put a desire on our hearts you know, and not, and not see that to fruition. So it, there's a lot of loss. It's a lot, a lot of dreams die. When you miscarry, you miss everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to see that baby grow up or, or go to Halloween or, or start kindergarten. You're not going to be able to see that child get married. Everything's just gone. So it's so much. Loss. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot of loss at one time. And for me, my miscarriages were also very hard on me physically where, where like I was getting sick and I was just in a lot of pain and you're like, nobody talks about that. So, and you know, just, I think it, was it, a can storm. Make, it can feel so alone, like yeah. we said. You feel very alone. And I, I would tell my husband repeatedly, like, I feel so violated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, there's this horrible thing happening in my body that I did not ask for, that I did not want to happen. And it just feels so ugly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it was hard. 
it was it was not fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was not fun by any means. And that's why you have a heart so women wouldn't be alone. That we Absolutely. would have people yes. to, to gather together and yes. not be yes. on their own. Absolutely. And the, the thing was is I found a lot of really good support in online groups, which is great. I love having online groups for support, but there's something about actually meeting with another person who gets it and gets what it's like to go to all those doctor's appointments and be you know, poked and prodded time and time again. Mm-hmm. That's nice. But online support is great too. But I, I'm really excited about the book club because it's been great to sit and chat with other women about about how hard it is. You know, mm-hmm. you, you think this is supposed to be this natural thing. And for a lot of women it's, and couples, it's a really hard thing. And you, we brought up, you brought up the, the verse about, you know, God gives you the desires of your heart. Yes. And we were talking about how so many yeah. times scriptures that are just so encouraging to us or, or songs yeah. Or things people would say, mm-hmm. you know, that are meant to be supportive, yes. they actually can hurt our hearts. Oh, yeah. And For so sure. how do we find the comfort that we need from God? And how do we wrestle with yeah. some of those yeah. deeper questions? So yeah. what did you yeah. find was helpful to you? What was helpful to me was listening to the worship songs that actually spoke to what I was going through. And one of my favorite ones was I Will Trust in You by Lauren Daigle because the words are, when you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust in you. Because I didn't understand it. It was like, you know, I went from this person being really on the fence about having kids to having all these pregnancies to being told, hey, this is not going to happen. Yeah. And it's like, okay, God, what do I do now other than have the kind of faith where you don't see the next step? Yeah, you, you know, trust. You don't see. Even so. if you trust. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think so many times we struggle with the idea that we don't live in heaven. We do not live in heaven. This is a very broken world. You know, there's broken relationships, there's illness, there's disease, there's there's accidents and injuries. I mean, this this world is far from perfect. Yeah, the miracle is when God breaks in and does the other thing. And I also learned to pray genuinely. You know, there was a time where I told my dad, I said, I just feel like, you you know, I'm praying and I don't feel like God is... Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, is he hearing me? And my dad said at one point, you know, you really need to pour out. I call it rage praying. It's really called lament. <laughs> but I called it rage prayer mm-hmm. where I would just scream. <laughs> you know, like these heart-wrenching screams. It's like, God, did you forget about me? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm your daughter. I work in your church. I work for you. I'm your, <laughs> Which, so that much, doesn't give yeah. you any more credit for anything. But, you know, you know, I would say that. And, and I realized that actually like, he wants to hear that. Like, you can scream at God. It's okay to scream at God. He can mm-hmm. handle it. Yeah, and that's what my dad said was, do you think he can't handle like this outpour of emotion? He wants that from you. Mm-hmm. you know. And so that was helpful. I would scream and cry in my car <laughs> a lot, which I'm sure looked a little crazy you know, to people. Yeah, people are passing me, right. you know, or I would mm-hmm. just have my moments at home where it's like, I just have to get this out. You know, same, so. same. Joe and the kids yeah. would leave and I would just cry out. And, yeah. Yeah. and I think that's so important because sometimes he answers those heart questions mm-hmm. in a really personal way. Yeah. And then other times you just know that, that he hears you mm-hmm. and you feel that connection. Right. And, um, and I think that just the reality of at some point there's this shift too where you feel yeah. um, the awareness that there's also an enemy in this mm-hmm. picture oh, that's yeah. trying to steal oh, your yeah. relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So there's yes. that dynamic too. And I think that awareness always came to me when I read the Psalms or when I cried out to him, that kind of yes. came through also. Well, along with that, Emily, mm-hmm. like how do you trust God even when the answer is no? When the answer is no. Um, 
I'm still figuring that out. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm still figuring that out. But what I really love about the Bible is that we can read into Jesus in his character. And one of my favorite passages from the Bible really is when Jesus is praying before he is about to be crucified. Mm-hmm. And he's essentially saying, is there any other way? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, I know he wanted to go to the cross for us, but do I really think he was thrilled about having to be murdered and humiliated publicly? But no, mm-hmm. he wasn't. And so when I look back at that, I think well, Jesus was begging for another answer. Mm-hmm. And the answer was no. And that just speaks to me is that my Savior went through things that, that I'm going through. Not that I'm comparing, you know. Yeah. Being crucified, the infertility, very different things. He like says, he compares. Yeah, he does. You know, in yeah. that he felt all the same emotions we feel about God. I want a different answer. Like, yeah. I'm begging you for a different answer. And, and we don't always get that. But diving into the scriptures is never going to hurt you. Um, but I would say it's easy for people to throw out the verses that feel flowery and, and pretty and happy and use you know, scripture out of context. So if I ever had questions about, well, what does this verse mean? What do these verses mean about I'm going to get the desires of my heart? I would ask our pastors here or Harry here mm-hmm. or whoever we had here or my counselor who is an amazing Christian woman and just right. say, well, I don't get this. What does this mean, right. you know, for me? And that you're right when you said earlier, this is not a perfect world. Not all of the things we want are going to happen here. And that's why I'm just so grateful we have a Jesus who mm-hmm. cared enough to come to this world to die and to rise again so that someday everything will be perfect for well, us. Every tear wiped every away. Every tear will be wiped away. Like, yeah. I'll get to see those babies I had. You know, everything mm-hmm. will be renewed. Like, I will get to meet them. You know, and that's that's an incredible thought. Heaven becomes a lot more real when somebody you really want to meet is there. Is there. You know, oh that's, it's, it's just a very different way of looking at things. I can't so at times my them. faith was very strengthened. <laughs> you know, at times my faith was very questioned. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to be the person who said, well, I just hung to the cross all the time and just had this perfect faith. No. I was mad at God. I was ticked at God. There was a rage that came out of me yeah. of losing baby after baby that I didn't know was in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to, to scream at God the way I did. I mean, it was, it was difficult, but, but we do have a you, savior. You helps. still have your faith at the end of that. And Absolutely. I think actually being able to share all those emotions with him held yeah. on to that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, and he wants those emotions from me. If you have something you want to shout about, like, God is the perfect being to, to shout that out to. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's who wants to hear from us. Yeah, it reminds me so. of Mary and Lazarus, right? Yeah. Um, and, and Mary and Martha mm-hmm. at the tomb of Lazarus, and, yeah. and Jesus wept with them, mm-hmm. and, and they cried out to yes. him, like, why weren't you here? And that's how we feel sometimes. It's like, why mm-hmm. why weren't you here? Right. And um, we don't get to see into the heavenlies to find out what kind of battles right. are going on right. um, for our hearts and mm-hmm. souls. But it, the enemy is really after our relationships yeah, absolutely. with God and absolutely. comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And mm-hmm. he, God comes to give us life. So, yeah, it, But there, there is so much that, that when we go through those times that, that does hurt. And I think oh, for wow. our husbands, yeah. too, you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. men watching this today, mm-hmm. too. And like... And they, I think, are often so many times forgotten. Yes. So yes. I hope the men listening that know men that have experienced infant loss will yeah. support their friends. But what, mm-hmm. do you, what would, advice would you give, Emily, for, um, for supporting men that are going <sighs> For supporting men. You know, what I thought was interesting is that so many people would actually ask my husband, how's Emily doing? I heard she lost her baby. <laughs> you know, and my husband would kind of look at these people and go, well, like, like this was a joint thing. <laughs> you right. Know, this, this wasn't just her baby. I think it's, it's just actually asking the questions, you know, like, men, your friends should be asking, well, how are you doing? Because it was yeah. hard enough for him to be losing a baby, but he also had to watch his wife go through hell and back. I mean, he couldn't do anything. 
you know, when I was physically miscarrying and, and when I was just laying on the ground in so much pain. He was so helpless. And men don't like to be helpless. Men like to be the fixers. Yeah. Um, like, I think just simply asking the guys, hey, how are you doing? You know, if there's a couple, you know, who's struggling, it's hurting the man, too. This is not just a women's issue. Mm -hmm. You know, it is different for men and women. I think we both grieve separately and we grieve together. Yeah, and learning to grieve together is a really hard thing. Mm -hmm. The statistics aren't so good for how people make it through and end up together Mm -hmm. at the end of that. So just amazing that you guys actually clung to each other. Mm -hmm. You said your relationship really grew as you yes. grieved together. Yeah, it, right. it did. And we really kept communication very open. You know, he and I both said throughout this whole thing, we are going to continually talk about how we're feeling and our emotions about this and our mm-hmm. anger about this. And that was really healthy. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a big step on his part too. I think a lot of men have a really hard time talking about how they're feeling about something that's not good that's happening in their lives. And right. we kept that communication very open between us and we sought counseling separately and then we sought counseling together. So we were going to counseling all the time, you know, but we both had feelings that were separate from each other to deal mm-hmm. with. And then we had our things as a couple to deal with too. So yeah. yeah what advice to the men that are supporting their wives when they do feel helpless and yeah, like they're just waiting for the other side when the grief subsides, yeah. but but really, uh, the little things do matter. I mean, my husband was always doing things like, what can I bring you home? Or just picking something up to bring me home. Like, like one day I said, God, I could go for a Jolly Rancher. And he brought me like 500 Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> like I had Jolly Ranchers for months. Um, but he would just do those little things. Or he would just take it upon himself to go, you know, what needs to be done in our house? What can I take off her plate? Mm-hmm. Um, but he also was like a buffer to keep some people away from mm-hmm. me who maybe didn't have the most helpful Words to, to say, say. <laughs> you know, and through all this, I realized like people are so well-meaning, but mm-hmm. being well-meaning doesn't always translate to actually being helpful. It can be um, sincere. So, like he sincere really did a good job yeah. of, of like, I don't know, is it running defense? I don't yeah. know anything about sports, um, but just trying to keep people away from me who he knew were probably going to say something that wasn't going to be terribly helpful. Um, yeah, so, so, so and Emily great, but he is had my the, back. Yeah, that's so, so awesome. He had I'm my, so like, glad. I, you know, like we both were talking because, of course, we were talking about this interview. Yeah. And, and he said to me, he said, "What did you really take away from that about our marriage?" I said that you would take a bullet for me. Oh. You know, I, I can say that with all honesty is that you know he would just do so many little things to make me know I was loved. You know, like I had texted him at one point, like I'm feeling emotional and I really want to go shopping today. And he texted back, you could buy an island today and I wouldn't bat an eye. Like, obviously we cannot afford an island just so, just so we don't. But I love that like he had that kind of support of whatever you need to do whatever. to make it today. Like I am here. So, oh, you know, that was great. great. But, that's yeah. so great. And Emily is the funniest person, oh one of gosh, the funniest people that. I know. <laughs> so to be the person that always brings humor and then you're yeah. grieving, that's yeah. hard. Yeah, it, it, it is hard. And I do really believe that laughter can be very healing, which is why for me, part of my grief process was kind of bunker down at home. Like there were just days where I knew I, I cannot go out into the world today. Either physically I was feeling horrible or mentally it was a bad day and I would sit there and chain watch the office. <laughs> or fr- and I would just allow myself to have a big old belly laugh at a show that I already knew what was coming. I've already seen these shows how many times. Yeah. Um, you know, and actually during that is when I started my daily routine where every morning I read a Bible verse and I watch a comedy sketch. And I still do that because I try to watch to start my day off that. watching comedy. So I love comedy. I love stand-up comedians. And that, that's I try to start my day laughing because I figure if I can at least laugh that's very good. before I get out of bed in the morning, 
Yeah, maybe I'm going to need to get some of those comedy sketches <laughs> coming my way. Okay. So, but I love, co- or he and I, mm-hmm. I mean, my husband and I would actually seek out, like, we need to laugh today. Let's find something really funny mm-hmm. to watch. That's great. So, That's great. Yeah. And you yeah. have a story for me, too. Something about. I have a story for you. So, this was, <laughs> I was telling Corey, our cameraman, this story, um, that, that right after I lost one of my pregnancies, my husband and I went out for pizza. I was like, we just need pizza. We went to one of those places where you build your own pizza. And we're sitting down eating, and out of the corner of my eye, I see this little boy just pie his mom in the face with the pizza, which is, like, not something you see all the time. And it was one of those moments where, like, I saw that, and I was cracking up. And I felt so bad for this lady who I was laughing at. But And I was trying to tell her, of course, I'm backtracking, which did not help the situation. But I just, I'm so sorry. My husband and I are trying so hard to have kids. And I'm looking at you and your sweet little boy who just pied you in the face (laughs) with a pizza. And just the irony of this day is so stinking funny to me. And my husband, who doesn't always, like, pick up on social cues was just eating like nothing was happening you know so like we allowed ourselves to have those funny moments but you know it was the kind of laughter that just takes over your whole body and explodes Mm -hmm. you know and sometimes and kids do like to pie their parents it just was hysterical so my son joe for his birthday party that's what he wanted to do he wanted wanted, you in the face yeah he literally said get like whipped cream and put it on pie pans and he, and he pied to, his to pie friends you. and me and his That's dad. hysterical. And his brother, of course. And so, of course, we're sitting there and I'm yep. like, I kind of wanted to be here with a little boy. I don't know that I really wanted to go find the like, the pizza. But it just, it just was one of those situations that, that was so funny. And that you have to laugh. So, yeah. yeah, you have to laugh. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you just have to. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think it, bringing laughter in does bring bring healing anytime like that's a great way to start the morning that's what I try to do is every morning I watch a comedy sketch I try Mm -hmm. to keep them mostly appropriate (laughs) Um, that's hard actually it is hard actually so okay but there's some good comedians out there you are running a book club I am running a book club and so tell us a little bit about that so our book club is really just a place for this is specifically for women my dream is eventually that we'll have a women's and a men's thing but we're not there yet it's still in its mm-hmm. baby stage, which is exciting. Um, but we've done one book so far. The, the book club has read the book Why Her, which is about comparison. And really, when you're in the thick of infertility, all you do is compare yourself to the people who have babies when you don't or the people who seem to sneeze and get pregnant. And that's, you know, not your situation. So it's been a really good book about, about why comparison has never brought anyone joy. <laughs> um, so we're finishing up that book on December 2nd and 16th. The book club is going to take a break from books and just watch some good um, Priscilla Shire video. She has some amazing videos. So and she's one of my favorite speakers of all time. I love Priscilla Shire. And then January 13th, we start a book on prayer called Fervent by Priscilla Shire, which is an awesome, awesome book um, and really changed how I think about prayer and how I do pray. Um, so I'm really excited of where book club is going to go. It was just a dream of mine to start something up for women to come together because you do need community. When you're in the thick of infertility, when you're losing baby after baby, or if you're trying to adopt and it's not going well, or whatever it is, you're trying to build your family and it's not happening, you need community because it's hard. Yeah. You know, and it's you don't get any more points for going through it solo. So come and join yeah. us in, you know, in our And we don't home. want you to come to church and feel like you're the only one going well, and that's through something. Because there's I definitely yes. somebody else going yes. through this. And yes. You can find that community yeah. that you need. Because in that moment, 
it does feel like everybody else is oh, pregnant. Absolutely. And, absolutely. Yeah. And you definitely need people like Emily to, yes. to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, online really turned me on to how many people in my community were probably experiencing this. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with my online group, I was meeting women who had like 15 or 18 miscarriages or who were, you know, in the thick of infertility for 10 years or who were trying to adopt and it was just never happening. And I thought, well, I want to meet these people. They've got to be here somewhere. I want to see them in person. I don't want to just you know, talk to them online, I want to actually get these women in a group. Because online, it was a great group. And I wanted to see, you know, these ladies face to face. That's so great. And I think so. the message is that God didn't forget you. He no, not doesn't at all. stop loving no. you. And you still have a purpose in the kingdom. You have a Absolutely. purpose in your church. You yeah. are loved by your church. You are loved by the people in your church. And you're yeah. seen and known. And yes. we care about yeah. what you're going through so much. Yeah. And, um, and we want to celebrate the other good things that are happening in your life too, but we also yeah. want to walk through the hard time and That's not right. have you do it by yeah. yourself. And so I'm so thankful Emily stepped out Thank in this you. way. And my friend, yes. and let me tell you, you are not going to be sad spending time <laughs> with her. You are not. So um, thank you for yeah. listening. Please do share it. And um, hopefully you will get to um, enjoy some time hearing yes. other talks from I'm Glad I Heard That. And we'll talk, see you back next time.